0: Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6 So that's why I got them brains spinning Ain't nobody using blinkers We ain't good at lane switching Better get a plane ticket I ain't flying all you chickens though Always shoot my shot Better switching off the pick and roll Dishing off the give and go All my squad is driven so You can catch us on the road Promise we ain't doing shows So that means Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalin I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer And this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast It was a big week for the Portland Trailblazers First of all Blazers made a trade. Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver and two second-round picks were traded to the Sacramento Kings for Trevor Ariza, Caleb Swanigan, and Wenyan Gabriel. So we'll talk about our thoughts on that trade in just a minute, but Damian Lillard also had a career-high and Trail Blazers record 61 points in an overtime win against the Warriors. Amazing. Just ridiculously awesome. We'll talk more about that as well. The Blazers went 1-2 and two in the last week. And they're still in 10th place in the West. Just two games behind the 8th place Grizzlies. But there was some more good news for the Blazers as well. As Yusuf Nurkic had like a full-on practice today. And Zach Collins participated in practice. Not fully, but in a promising fashion. So, Austin, are we feeling optimistic about the Blazers now that they have Trevor Ariza? Hopefully a little more depth too with two more players. Mm -hmm. um, And Nurk and Collins are practicing again. Are you feeling optimistic?
1: Yes. Um... I, I mean, I think we all kind of expected Nurk to kind of be around here around this time. I think mm-hmm. I I was personally a little surprised with um, with Zach's kind of development. I mean, because they were not yeah. they weren't even talking about him even being close to an option until like March, from what I heard, right?
0: Yeah, so basically, like March was like the earliest, was my understanding.
1: Yeah, so that that was really uplifting to see. Um, and it, it's not like he wasn't. I mean, he obviously wasn't bumping shoulders like Nurk was today and whatnot. But um, I think just just seeing him kind of get some shots up and you know really get into it is is good to see. Um, and then I feel like there was a third part to that question that I'm I'm missing about. We talked about Nurk and and Zach and and. and- dame did well
0: and the blazers made a trade
1: yeah i think that dame game was crazy i was actually just talking uh lindsey and i went out to have a couple drinks last night and uh we were just kind of talking about basketball and and, uh the guy that was sitting next to us uh i said yeah my co-host tweeted because he said isn't the guy at the bar goes isn't devin booker he's he's got like the second most points scored or something i go no you're forgetting about kobe you know clearly wasn't basketball Uh guy whatever and um and then I said we were, he was cracking up about Dame. I said my co-host uh actually tweeted, you know, it's a thin line between winning and losing cuz 60 points Dame's put up, he didn't get that win, 61 though. That that did it. That did the trick. But we just need 61 every night? Yeah. Just just 61 points. Um I think that I'm really happy in the fashion that it occurred because it was a nationally televised game as, as with a lot of other people had, had, had already tweeted that evening saying, you know, I think obviously a lot of the NBA, um, representatives that put this thing together, um, and do, do a lot of these national, uh, uh, games or organize them didn't expect, uh, either team to necessarily be, nor, nor did the rest of us. Right. But, um, so, you know, he got to do it in prime time, at least for everybody west of the Rockies. um, In prime time, uh, on MLK Day, and did it. Um, he, he also set it uh, the the franchise record for threes. So he kind of got mm-hmm. like a eleven three pointers. He, he killed like five or four or five birds with one stone that night. Oh you yeah. Know? So and and to do it,
0: you know, Kent and Anthony Tolliver were traded, but mm-hmm. at the time it wasn't like fully announced, which I don't know how that works with like load management, like. I don't think Tolliver and Kent Baysmore were in the building. I don't know I could be wrong. They, they weren't, uh, but they
1: flew they flew back with them after that game, though.
0: Okay, yeah. interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they were traded, so they weren't playing the game, but th- it wasn't official yet because Wenyan Gabriel's contract situation, he wasn't able to be traded until this last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Blazers only had nine active players, I think it was, and... They were they were playing against the Warriors, who only had nine active players because we know they have tons of in- injury mm-hmm. issues this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, r- just two really uh, struggling teams right now. And Dame was you know in position to carry his team. Oh, something we haven't even mentioned yet is CJ McCollum went down with an injury, mm-hmm. uh, so CJ wasn't in that game. So Dame had to carry. Uh, it was not an easy win. The Blazers went to overtime, uh, but Dame was just. Tearing, he was over fifty percent field goal percentage. I think it was eleven for 18 3 pointers. Is that right? Well, two things uh, two
1: things that I thought were dramatically uh, underrated or unspoken. One was just the shot to put in it overtime. I showed that to Lin- yeah. my my girlfriend oh. Lindsay uh, the other evening, and and she was even even her who's like ho hum at, at a lot of basketball things. She was like, oh my gosh, like yeah, because he was he was getting like pushed like i mean not not literally right but like he was Mm -hmm. on each dribble inside of the line he was you know whether it was by his intent or the or just you know by chance of happening he was really getting some recoil every time he dribbled in front of that so so not only was he just stepping back he was stepping back after basically being off balance and i loved listening i think was it reggie miller calling the game uh yes i i love listening to him and kevin harlan and reggie Miller, yeah, yeah yeah i love uh, and i'm normally not even the biggest fan of reggie but um they both of them were pretty skeptical as soon as he made it they were like whoa mm-hmm. was it a three uh, yeah oh and then it was clear as day clear. And i tell you oh, what yeah. i totally didn't think it was a three I didn't think Dude. it was like I, I thought it was a three. Okay. I don't Okay, all right, yeah, but like from what I had seen prior to the re yeah. the slow mo replays, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, and then it was just yeah. boom right there. Dude, he had it, and so good. Uh, obviously my my self touting moment that I had noticed was that that attempted double poster. That we got true Blazer fan to locate oh, today. Yes, but, uh, yeah, good job on that. Yeah, shout out to true Blazer fan, and they had, they had noted, you know, obviously lower resolution with Twitter or something along those lines. Well, we'll get there at some point as a as a podcast, but um, you know, it was just so cool to to see because that. that was what stuck with me even after all the crazy shots, even going down the line. I was like, man, but because it was, I wonder how many lead changes there were in that game.
0: The I yeah, have no clue. It was
1: I mean, it was neck and neck yeah most of the I don't know I think the second half um but yeah I mean a lot to look forward to like you said you know trade new players people getting healthy dame catching fire there was a quote that I had saw about along the lines of him saying you know it's it's about that time of year again or someone asking him hey you know he turns it on every time this year this time of year you know what do you think about that and he said oh you know something along the lines of it's time to turn it on or I'm feeling like it's that time or something like that but um, a lot of things seem to be kind of coming together for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, I don't know what you wanted to get into next. I I was just going to ask you what you maybe thought of our, our, um, three acquisitions and what they bring for us. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking since you brought up lead changes, Mm -hmm. um,
0: thinking back on that game, the Blazers led for all of the first quarter, and then basically lost it right at the start of the first quarter until midway through the fourth quarter. Oh, really? They were down by as much as 12, yeah. And then the Blazers had um, a pretty big run in the middle of the fourth quarter to get the lead back, and then um, a nice run in overtime to win it. It just felt like uh, such a close game, you know? Even when oh, even yeah. we were and, out of and,
1: it, we, were still, we weren't really out of it, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and Dame was shooting well, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the whole time you felt like, okay, well, as long as Dame's shooting, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, and that's what Stott so yeah. said,
1: too, whenever he took him off the court right at the end, like in the fourth quarter. Right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I watched the the, the, uh, the in-game interview. He's like, well, you know, we got to take Dave out for a little bit, so hopefully mm-hmm. we can keep this thing together for a minute.
0: Yeah, seriously, right? So as far as the trade goes, um, three players were taken. Uh, to me, if there was one or zero second-round picks included – then this is a great trade. That's basically how I feel. I f- First off, uh, thank you to Kent Bazemore and Anthony Tolliver for your time in Portland. I would love to have you back on the team. Uh, you're... You know, Kent Bazemore's play on the court was suspect at times. Uh, Tolliver, definitely at the start of the season, uh, definitely picked it up more recently. Uh, But still, just great guys, great teammates, uh, great guys to have on the Blazers roster. So they were definitely appreciated by the other players in Portland and by the fans. Um, So thank you to them. Welcome to Trevor Ariza. Welcome back, Caleb Swanigan. And welcome, Wenyan Gabriel. If those second-round picks weren't involved, I would feel great about this trade. With the second-round picks, it's more of you know more even for me. Uh, With Trevor Ariza, I instantly thought, "Shoot, this guy's old, (laughs) and what has he done recently?" Um, Because you know he was great with the Rockets a a few years back. You know the war uh, the Warriors were about to lose to the Houston Rockets, and the Rockets were going to go to the NBA Finals, and then a miracle happened, and the Rockets missed 27 straight three-pointers for who knows what reason, and the Warriors were able to win that game. Is the most fluky thing you've ever seen. Trevor Ariza and Luke amute I don't know how to say his name, uh, were key parts of that team. They were two starters, and the next year both of them were gone, and the Rockets struggled a lot. I mean, the, the Rockets had, uh, I, th- I think they had a better record than the Warriors that year. If not, they were just one... Uh, They were the two seed and the Warriors were the one seed. Anyway, it was basically Warriors and Rockets above everyone else. The year after that, the Rockets were just another playoff team. Uh, So Trevor Ariza and Mbaamute, who I think the Blazers should pick up because that would be amazing, uh, they were very important. And so when I look at Trevor Ariza's career stats, they fluctuate a lot. There's not a lot of consistency in there. So it's kind of tough to gauge and be like, oh, well, we can count on this. But I think what we can count on is decent defense regardless um I think Bazemore is a good defender and he definitely gets steals and flashy ones at that and he'll get some chase down blocks um so you know not to say that his defense is empty um but a little a little bit like Hassan Whiteside where it's more stats less substance um whereas I think Trevor Ariza might be more substance than stats Mm -hmm. uh not to say it'll be a huge improvement, um, but I, I think that he's just going to be more of the Moharkless Aminu defensive mold, and I think he's a better three-point shooter than them. It's it's tough to say. Do, like I said, his stats have fluctuated.
1: Does Gabriel does Wenyan Gabriel play a little bit more of the four?
0: I see him listed as a power forward. Um, I, I am not an expert on this player whatsoever, uh, but it seems like he has pretty high upside. Um, seems like he's done really well in the G League, but it was I'm four. Sure. So,
1: so from what I had read prior to our recording, he was listed 14 on the ESPN Top 100 uh, just a couple of years ago. Just I think only two years ago. Um, let me just go back here. Yeah, so Wendy Gabriel, uh, South Sudanese American professional basketball player for the Portland Trailblazers, played college basketball for the Kentucky Wildcats, Gabriel was a five-star prospect who in 2016 was ranked number 14 on ESPN's top 100. He's six foot nine and has a seven foot one wingspan. So there's upside there. I mean, if he's a five-star recruit
0: playing for the uh, Kentucky Wildcats, that's a big deal. So um, hopefully it can turn into something, you know, they, they just have him for this year. So, I mean, hopefully he can just be a key contributor, be a bit of, a stopgap potentially until we have nurk and collins back because the blazers are going to need more big men Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously that's been an issue for a long time now Mm uh so yeah hopefully he can contribute um well he was he was
1: behind he was behind a lot of these guys i feel like are are environment based in terms of how they've been held back so you know that's a but you know, that that was basically he's this is his sophomore year I think yeah because he got drafted last year yeah this is mm-hmm. his sophomore year this is his sophomore year playing behind Marvin Bagley or uh, you know when yeah. he's in in Sacramento and then um, Rashawn Holmes is one of the better statistic fours in the league um, you know he was just not going to see the floor he the floor or yeah. or as the four um, but and then you know you had just mentioned trevor ariza you know i've I'm, I'm right there with you there's been years where we watch him play and he fits a system and he does well and then there's times where he's in the sacramento kings it's a bunch of young guys that want to move fast and you know he doesn't see the floor as much or at least isn't as productive um yeah so i think i think a lot of these guys are going to like a lot of other players have find success in portland yeah in their development yeah what about so, biggie uh, though how do you feel about that bringing him back
0: Blazers got him back um he had I don't know probably like two or three decent games for the Blazers and the rest of them were kind of like okay he's kind of lost in the sauce um so we'll see uh hopefully Caleb Swanigan I mean I mean with what I was just saying about like a stopgap some big men to do something like at least he's played with the Blazers before he has some chemistry with the guys he understands more of the stuff with stats. so Uh, hopefully he can just come in and be a contributor immediately, whether or not he's, you know, playing amazing or whatever. Like, at at least, you know, there's going to be less of a learning curve for him, hopefully. So, yeah, I mean, both Wenyan Gabriel and Caleb Swanigan are expiring at the end of this season. Trevor Ariza is a two-year contract, luckily. Um, So that's that's the big benefit there. I I think that's a good
1: backup three. When Rodney Hood yeah. comes back, if oh, gosh, I just hope he comes back to similar form. But when Rodney Hood comes back, having Trevor Riza coming off, those are the things that as Blazers fans and national media discussing. Oh, the Blazers are going to be a championship contending team. Championship contenders. What do they discuss in the off season or t- near the trade deadline? They're talking about picking up pieces, pieces, yeah. pieces for guys that are coming off the bench that for another team might be starters. And if we're going to, not to sound entitled or spoiled, but if we're going to think of Portland, maybe not even this season, but in the coming seasons as a championship contender, they have Mm -hmm. to start making moves like that, where Trevor Ariza is a backup small forward. And, you know, they have a couple other pieces that can be solid bench players. And last year the Blazers were
0: legitimately contenders, okay? Like before Nurk went down Mm – they were as good as any team. They could beat any mm-hmm. team easily, mm-hmm. and they made it to the Western Conference Final. They they were legitimately contenders, and they had more depth than they had now. But just having Nurk back has to add a lot. If you can add Nurk and Collins back, and have Ariza and Carmelo Anthony, that's like with, with Damon CJ. That's a really good, you know, six man rotation. Uh, so Zach oh, Collins oh. coming off the bench.
1: Yeah, well, Zach. So Zach came off the bench last year, but. Yeah. He wouldn't this year.
0: Who were some he, of the He would with Carmelo. Yeah. He... Carmelo and Ariza, I'm sure, would keep starting the, unless they put Ariza to the bench and put Carmelo at the
1: three. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Do you really think I mean do you really think they'd start Melo? He's done pretty well with that second unit, man.
0: Uh I, I think they'd start him. Uh especially because uh with the big man depth. I mean you gotta have a center come up, come off the bench and Whiteside should be traded so, so um, Melo would Collins... be at the four, yeah. Mello at the Oof. four, like he's played for who knows how long, yeah. I mean, it, it could be matchup based, it could be like, okay, we're playing Anthony Davis and JaVale McGee, so let's put Zach Collins out there, but yeah, yeah we'll see.
1: Well, like, really quickly, last year the bench players included Seth Curry, Zach Collins was a bench player, um. Yep.
0: Evan Turner. Evan Turner. Uh, after trades, Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor. That was a really good five man. That's what
1: I'm saying. And and, yeah. and the Blazers kind of fumbled, at least from the outside looking in, they kind of fumbled their way into championship mindset, right? Finding finding those guys. I mean, obviously not, right? Like, but from the it, outside it just, it... looking in. Whereas the yeah. Lakers, it's it's out there. It is out there in the media. Mm -hmm. the lakers are actively pursuing this backup point guard or something like that it's well known the blazers were just like well hey this worked out like
0: yeah we're a contender now (laughs) it was years of the blazers building obviously they had the chemistry that they were working on it was those big 2016 contracts that the blazers were basically stuck with Mm uh but but the intent was okay this is our team for the next three four years these guys are all you know uh back when Mason Plumley was on the team and was like, okay, these are our guys. And then they traded Mason Plumley, got Nurk, and they're like, oh, these are really our guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just were able to add bits and pieces. This year, it was like, okay, let's consolidate. Let's take advantage of these expiring contracts. But it's turned into, oh, my gosh, panic mode. Carmelo Anthony, get him, trade for Trevor Ariza, let's get who he can. Um, so, I mean, I, I say panic mode. It hasn't been all that much panic, right. but... You know, Blazers would not have signed Carmelo Anthony if it weren't for the Zach Collins injury, that's for sure. So, I mean... A little spoonful of panic. Has, yeah, the, the, this this season has definitely looked different than we anticipated, and it hasn't been like, a, oh, let we, if we just add this one more piece, I think this will fit better. It's been like, okay, how can we shove something into this massive hole and hope that we can make something good out of it and win some games and actually make the playoffs? So... Basically, the the Blazers lost one game against the Thunder without Bazemore and Tolliver, and then they won in overtime with Dame breaking records. Uh, They won a game against the Warriors. So having that 61-point performance plus new players, I think the Blazers are... Going to be motivated. I think if if ever there was a turning point, having 61 points in an overtime win, plus getting new players, plus having those guys practicing, I think this is it. I think this is where the Blazers say we're still in this. We're we're only in 10th place. We can move our way up to eighth, seventh, um, and then if you can be full strength, um, have Zach Collins and Nurkic, and then whoever Whiteside gets traded for. Um, I think you feel decently well about your chances in the playoffs because, I mean, it might not be ideal from a seeding standpoint, but as far as a team standpoint, it's probably not going to get significantly better in the next couple years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And we got, if, if I'm reading this correctly, we have a couple home games coming up here. Let's see yes,
0: Blazers are playing the Mavericks uh, on Thursday. Unfortunately, I can't go to that game. Yeah. And then the Pacers on Sunday, unfortunately, I can't go to that game. And then the Rockets next Wednesday, I don't think I can go to that game either. I'm 3
1: 3 home games though coming off of Dame's performance with uh, yeah. a couple a couple new guys, that these could be big.
0: Yeah. And uh and that Warriors game was at home too. So hopefully just some momentum. I mean, they're in Portland getting practices in, so uh, yeah, hopefully they can get some continuity. If if they can win two of these next three games, hopefully three, then I'm feeling great. I mean, they're playing the Rockets a couple games from now, and the Rockets have been sliding lately, and Blazers beat the Rockets we talked about recently, so that'd mm-hmm. be great. If they can mm-hmm. get at least two out of these next three going into that Lakers game next Friday, uh that would be amazing. Yep. But it, it's gonna it like we've said, it's gonna be a tough stretch. Mavericks are no joke, pacers are great, Rockets are great but sliding a little bit now lakers are amazing then jazz nuggets spurs jazz heat Pel- a lot of pelicans
1: good get zion back tonight to- dude seriously and, that's and brandon, really brandon ingram's having an all-star year he's going to be an all-star this year mm-hmm. by my prediction and um i think a lot of others <laughs> um but you know they're playing the the pelicans are are scary right now man they're scary yeah, I mean, definitely the race for the eighth seed
0: is going to be wild in the West. Um, I think the Blazers certainly have a shot. Um, I think the—I don't know. I, I think it just really comes down to getting getting the right trade for Whiteside and timing it with Nurk's return with, you know, the sooner Collins comes back actually healthy. Not like, bring him back now, but like, no, okay, make sure, make sure he's good to go. Now, bring him back. You
1: bring up a very, very good point right there. About the timing of this trade, a lot of us, myself included, have been pretty frustrated with the um, the pace or haste that Neil Olshay has has made or not made to get this deal done. Um, Mm -hmm. And you make a great point. He might just not want have too much of an overlap of okay. Now we got a couple new guys. Maybe not. Maybe a center's not even included in it. Um, and, um, Nurk's not back for another two or three weeks, you know, but so that's a very interesting logistic from a logistics point of view, uh, uh, assertion about, about why these trades are maybe taking so long. And I don't think I've seen anybody else bring that up because that's a great reason.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the fact that Nurkic isn't going to be back yet, it's like, yeah, hang on to Hassan as long as you can, because, you know, I'm, I mean... He's putting up great numbers. Uh, he's a starting center, and that, that was the whole point of the trade in my eyes at the start of the season was, okay, if if Hassan Whiteside can keep us afloat... I mean, honestly, at the start of the season, I kind of had expectations that the Blazers would not be doing very well. I said uh-huh. they'd be, you know, six, seven seed. Um, so I thought that they would struggle at the start of the season, and then hopefully when they get the guys back, they'd be at full strength. Now... Um, I had different expectations in plenty of different areas, and I've had criticism where I felt it was warranted. But, you know, the Blazers are in an okay position. Uh, It's not going to be easy. A lot of teams are playing really well going for that 8 seed. But, yeah, I mean, if if you can trade Hassan Whiteside, hopefully there's um, a decent backup center in that deal. Uh, I think we'll talk again about trade options um what we'd like to see just real quick uh, later in the episode mm-hmm. but yeah if, if you can trade him and then nurk comes back and it's you know at most a week between having a decent starting center i think the blazers are no are in an okay position um mm-hmm. so we'll see that's fair what did you want to talk about here next my friend why not just jump into the uh trade hassan whiteside mm-hmm. situation um okay so here's the deal: the Dallas Mavericks. I've been saying for probably the last month or two. Um, I talked about it in depth in our last episode. Mavericks are probably like the only legitimate playoff team that would have a need for a center, and and they
1: just lost Dwight Powell on that Achilles. Even more,
0: yes, Dwight Powell just. Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed. He tore his Achilles. You you see it you see it pop in the video. Ugh. Um, unfortunately, so you know, hope Dwight Powell can recover. Um, that just sucks. That's super disappointing. Um, but I was I was already saying that the Mavericks might want Hassan Whiteside. And now that they don't have a starting center, they probably really want Hassan Whiteside. So uh, I'll go back to my previous trade I had talked about, three-way trade. Apparently things aren't working too well with Ed Davis in Utah. So mm-hmm. basically what I was saying is a swap of Ed Davis and Bovin Marjanovic give... Um, the Jazz, another like Stifle Tower, and mm-hmm. you know, okay, that doesn't. Another def- large defensive center, uh, in Bovin Marjanovic to back up Rudy Gobert, and then Blazers get Ed Davis. Dame gets his guy that he loves having on the team. Rip City loves him, all that. Uh, and he and Zach Collins play really well. So if we can have them playing off the bench, that'd be amazing. Um, and then also, uh mavericks and blazers swap tim hardaway and hassan whiteside so blazers end up with tim hardaway who i don't know how he's done this season honestly um he he's a wing he he's done well against us Some, yeah sometimes he shoots them well sometimes he doesn't um so it, it can't help can't hurt to have more depth for the blazers um so having him and ed davis both on two-year contracts so you at least have them next season then if you want to trade them then go for it uh but yeah it, uh, Hassan Whiteside is not going to work out in Portland with Nurkic back. One of them has to start, and the other one's going to be frustrated. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ed Davis and Tim Hardaway give us a little bit more depth, um, familiarity, and have them next season. So that's great. Uh, That is number two on my list of ideal trade scenarios. And number one is still Hassan for Covington and Dang from uh, Minnesota the
1: Blazers can get Covington in, Dang, now they, they'd be Co- Co- Covington's the, the bell of the positions. ball. I, I don't think Portland's yeah. ending up with him. I think everybody and their mother wants him. Well,
0: okay, so you throw in a first-round pick. Are you willing to throw in two first-round picks?
1: For Robert Covington?
0: And and Dang. So you'd have Dang for this year and next year at, like, $16 million apiece.
1: No, because I still feel like you could get more with that in the summer. I feel like I feel like you could. I one yes, one first round yeah, but I feel like if you really wanted to just play both of those close to your chest and get maybe not a Roko but you know another guy or two to float the season, and then you get a couple more free agents available in the summer to actually well that's a free agent I'm sorry, <laughs> but then you get mm-hmm. a couple more opportunities in the summer to really th- package some of those together. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I would, I would love to get Covington and Dang. I mean, Covington would have this year and two more years. Dang would be on the team this year and next year. Um, it's just, it's just so good. I might be willing to do two, two first round picks because that team would be great. And your first round pick would not be very good. Uh, it would not be a very high pick. Um, so I, I think it's worth it if you do the, you know, I've, I've talked before. You can check out our old episodes talking about why uh, to go for the 2021 and 2023 picks. Um, I mean, 2021 for sure. Trade that pick. Uh, if you had to do the 2023 to stand out because a lot of teams want Covington, I would I might do it uh, for Covington and Dane uh, rather than Ed Davis the, and Tim Hardaway.
1: Now that you mentioned it, the clock is kind of ticking for Dame, right? I mean, yeah. You might as well. I mean, here we are, right? We kind of got. We we're halfway there, you know. You might as well. And the Blazers have young pieces, so
0: I mean, it. And I've I've also talked about you know, the young pieces are better than we're we're gonna get in future drafts, Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all in on go for Covington and Dang. uh, Try one first round pick, but I'm sure you'll have to put a second one in there to uh, solidify it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I I mean the the question is, is Minnesota all the while could say no Covington is great why would we want to get rid of him I that's totally valid especially since white Whiteside doesn't make any sense for them because they have Carl Anthony Towns uh but that's just if they're trying to play for the future so uh that's my ideal scenario number two is Ed Davis and Tim Hardaway that'd be awesome and number three is LaMarcus Aldridge um if you get LaMarcus Aldridge on this team we've been talking about it since last season um it's great he's he's getting old I think he's 35 now um Maybe maybe that was too much. no I think he's thirty five no. so if you can get I'm him not for expecting cheap anything crazy he... but yeah I mean you have him for this year and next year gives you more flexibility where you can trade him that's another thing with with having Dang on the team you know worst case scenario now you actually have something to trade if compared to not making a trade at all this year um, so yeah uh, Lamarcus Aldridge um, and I'm not saying we would trade Lamarcus Aldridge I'm saying if, if he's on the team he's probably staying but. Dame, C.J., uh, Rodney Hood, Ariza, um, Lamarcus Aldridge, Nurkic, Collins—that's great, A great core for next season and this season. So, um, yeah,
1: I would love to do any of those trades, but those are those are the order they're in for me. Yeah, I I'm uh, I've I've sidestepped Kevin Love trade. Don't want any of that. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't hate it,
0: but I you know I'll. You know, at the start of the season, I was all in on Blake Griffin or Kevin Love. Now that Blake Griffin went down, I'm like. Uh, I think a lot of people for forget
1: me. the kind of player that Kevin Love was in Minnesota that kind of brought him to that level of celebrity. Right? He was so good. Out of dude. his mind. Out of his mind. So good. Yeah.
0: Rebounds like crazy, scoring like crazy. Yeah. He, out of his, he was amazing. Out of his in mind. Minnesota, and
1: but. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even really see any of that in Cleveland.
0: Oh, dude. I mean, he came to Cleveland, and they're like, "All right, uh, Kevin, go in the corner and shoot threes and that's that's all we want from you. And then, you know, he got really good at outlet passes playing with LeBron. Uh, but yeah, he was. But even now, totally in all these years Cleveland. that he's
1: had to showcase, you would think he'd take advantage of it? Well, yeah,
0: year and a half, and
1: I haven't seen it. in there. But I want Danilo yeah. Gallinari on our team.
0: It, I mean, not like to trade right now. That doesn't make any sense, really. What do you mean? I don't know, because he expires at the end of the year. I don't want an expiring contract. And the Thunder are playing well, so I don't think they're trying to get rid of guys right now.
1: See, um, I need to just have like a manifest of contracts in front of me cuz you know, as soon as it works in your as soon as it works conceptually, it doesn't work on paper. If it works on paper, it doesn't work conceptually, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, the the Blazers are they're kind of stuck with
0: Carmelo and Ariza starting because they basically told both guys that's what they're going to do. So, you don't want attitude issues coming in and all that. Um Blazers are gonna need to trade Hassan. Uh, there's basic. Th- there's only one scenario where not trading Hassan is great, and that's when Hassan and Nurk somehow play amazingly together, and the Blazers win a championship. This team would Otherwise, have been so to trade Hassan.
1: This team would have been so good like three to four years ago. Hassan's like prime year in in in, in Dude, uh Miami. Damon, CJ on. on the come up. You know, Melo. You know, I, still still got a little bit more shimmy in the step. Trevor Ariza yeah. doing well in Houston, but now it's like. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, Pelgasol. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Um, yeah.
0: But you know, one um, thing N- I will—I think—I think
1: a lot of these players have kind of been brand ambassadors for Portland, though, to some degree. When when all of them leave or are there, they are always always saying something about the city and the culture. And I think that yeah. sooner or later, it's just going to permeate into other locker rooms and and guys are just yeah. you know. The era of information, guys are good. Guys will figure out what Portland's about as a lock, as a team and a culture.
0: Yeah, and and one thing I want to point out, I, you know, Hasonia? Hasonia. Hasonia. I put an S in there. I don't know. Well, that was it's weird. Kind of anyway, Hasonia uh, has played well at times. Uh, most of the time, not though. And for me, d- like trade him, okay. Um, <laughs> but also like pick up Luke Ba Mute if I know how to say his name. Pick him up because Hazonia is a body who can be on the floor sometimes and occasionally do something, okay? Mute can play defense well. Okay, even even if he's like a complete liability on the offensive end, at least he's like okay. This is the guy we're gonna put on LeBron. M- Emba like, didn't get picked up by anybody. I, I, I take it right? No, not yeah. not that I've seen.
1: Release uh, release I'll Hazonia. I don't even care. It. You don't even need to get anything for him. I don't even think anyone would give anything for him. Release him and just pick up Emba Mute. I mean, I
0: don't I don't think release. Who would is who would take
1: cause... Mario Hazonia right now? Who?
0: I mean, I, just. For salary issues, like oh, like we could use an extra million in order to do this, that, or the other thing, or we need it to complete this trade, maybe. But uh, so I would jump on it if possible. But that's the thing. That's a it, big if. Releasing him is not going to do anything. The Blazers still need a body like I, I'd rather have someone like Bamute or like uh shoot who are the guys I was talking about Dante Cunningham or something like there's there's other options out there that I'd prefer over Hazonia Dante so if you can trade him that's great does he come with a cane am I mixing him up with someone else Dante Cunningham how old is he no we we talked about him a few months ago he had pretty decent stats last year for the Spurs
1: how old is he though
0: he's 32 why do I feel like he's so much older I have no clue. Maybe you're mixing up with someone else. I don't know. This picture, um,
1: you gotta admit, he looks pretty old in this picture.
0: Yeah, he looks pretty old. Okay. So, anyway, <laughs> anywho, uh, if you, you know, if you have someone like Ma Mute who actually, like, does something off the bench compared to Hazonia, who were like, oh, it's all about playmaking, but then, like, when he loses his confidence he has no playmaking and therefore has very little to contribute. When he has only has um, too
1: much confidence he's terrible too.
0: Yep, I mean well I mean that that's how it goes. You, you have too much confidence, you make a bad decision, then it drops your confidence. I mean that's kind of how it works. Um so yeah, get guys off the bench who can actually do things. Right now they have guys off the bench who do one thing really well and that's that they're young and have upside. Um and they have energy. So If you can have guys who it's like, okay, this is our shooter off the bench who will actually make them, which Tolliver was for for a little bit in there, Uh, not at the start of the season. Then, uh, you know, this is Mbamute, who we bring out when we need extra defense. You know, uh, things like that, there's actual like utility roles on the Blazers. That's what you need in a championship run where it's like, all right, we're running this eight man rotation. Plus we'll bring in Bob Mute to cover LeBron. Plus we'll bring in so-and-so because, uh, Rockets are playing small ball and we need to make some threes. Um, yeah. Versa- some versatility, some
1: versatility, which comes with the depth.
0: Yeah. yeah. So regardless, I mean, all in all, I think the Ariza trade is decent. I, I think it's, you know, relatively even as far as where it goes, but at least we have him for a second year. Save some it's money. Maybe a more movable contract at twelve million. Uh, yeah, and and it's what kind of option is it? It's a team option, right? Maybe it's a player option. Trevor Ariza contract option. <laughs> Wonder what it is. Do do do. How do you... This contract becomes fully guaranteed. Do it do Heavy heavy, 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 intermission. I'll beatbox. I don't see any option. I just think it's not fully guaranteed.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, every. I don't see
0: any like extra colors on saying what kind of option it is. It's just, it's just all in black, and it's only 1.8 million guaranteed in case the Blazers don't want him. But yeah, I, I think he's more val- valuable
1: on the team because then you could potentially
0: trade him. So, yeah any other thoughts anything else you want to talk about
1: no I don't I don't think so um, yeah like we said just a couple uh, row games ahead here for us uh, in the interim until next week and hopefully they capitalize on it hopefully um, hopefully we don't have to make too many oh these guys are new excuses um, and you know if there is any light at the end of the tunnel in this in this kind of seemingly lateral move, it's that uh, Trevor Ariza is apparently, I think, as you had shared on Twitter, is still a top five uh, corner three point specialist. Did you? Mm, did I did, you? I did not? Oh, okay. because
0: I was looking at his stats and
1: I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing here because it's all over the map. Yeah. jumps up and down he, every season. He, so. I, 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 I'll look it up and and tweet about it here once we release the episode. But um, something to the effect of his efficiency in the corner, which has been a very big issue for the Blazers, um, mm-hmm. since I feel like I feel like Chief was actually one of our better three point uh, oh, yeah. corner specialists. But uh, I mean, yep. Ken Bazemore had it everywhere but the corner. Um, you know, Damon CJ are good, but you know, aside from that, we didn't really have any corner three point specialists. And Ariza is,
0: you know, he's a champion. He he won with Kobe, I think, just one time. I think he wasn't on both of theirs mm-hmm. in the. Tw- 2009 yeah Mm -hmm. um so he's a champion which is awesome Mm -hmm. and he was that guy a three and d guy uh he was that's basically all he did on offense was shoot threes as far as i remember uh so yeah i mean whether or not it's there right now it remains to be seen but i would love it if he is a significant three-point shooter for the blazers we'll see we shall
1: see yeah Alright, everybody. Well, it sounds like that's it for this week's episode of Peeps and Plaid. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter, retweet, like, share, all that jazz. Uh, but we're not Utah Jazz fans. We're not Utah yeah, Jazz fans. And all that Blazers. Yeah. Um, we published Anchor. Uh, it's a free publishing uh, uh, kind of system. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to kind of shift us more towards having our links that are affiliated with our social media be specific to like Apple or Spotify or whatever but uh, we tend to alienate certain groups if we go with any one of those so if you're seeing Anchor FM and you're like hmm what is this Uh, it's actually pretty user friendly and it's a cool little app uh, if you ever think about starting your own Uh, Podcast, then I'd recommend it. Um, As for music, I believe we're going to have some uh, potentially new tunes from Anthony Michoni, if not this week, then in the coming weeks. Um, And as always, thank you to Ziggy Zay or any of our contributors. If anybody has friends or family that would like to have some music or artwork featured with our show, go ahead and uh, send us a direct message on any of our social media platforms. Thanks for listening, guys.